Hello, welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCom podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a senior manager in Cherry Beckert's Government Contract Services Group, and with me today is Rich Wilkinson, Director of Product Marketing from Uninet. Um, and today we are actually starting a, a new podcast series with Uninet, uh, talking about indirect rates and how they're more than just a billing and math exercise when you're doing work with the federal government. Rich, thanks for joining with joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Eric. You know, before we really get dive into indirect rates and start this series up, can you just give a quick background of your role at Uninet and how Uninet or how Uninet and indirect rates and how that's part of your daily daily life? Sure. Uh, I'm currently in product marketing. I've been all the way around the GovCon table. I started out life as a contracting officer with the NavAir, um, mostly doing services and some hardware R and D. And then I spent uh, 10 years as a working controller in GovCon. Uh, after that, I was with another software company for 15 years. I got to uh, Uninet just in time for their, their growth profile to really take off. And I've done a lot of things while I'm here. I've been here about five years now from uh, product demonstrations to public appearances and speaking engagements uh, to this new product marketing role, new for me anyway. Well, thanks. So it sounds like you have seen the entire indirect rate cycle from beginning of calculating your rates based off budgets to you know, all the way to contract closeout and final rates and submitting that final voucher. I have to admit, as a contracting officer, uh, I was on the demand side of that rate <laughs> equation. I wanted all my, the contractors that we're trying to sell to Navier to develop rates and support them for me. I didn't appreciate how difficult that could be at times until I got on the other side of the fence and started yep. having to calculate them and use them. But you know, it, you're right. It's not just a math exercise. Just having rates uh, isn't the objective. It's having something you can use to figure out what your costs are. Yeah, it definitely. That's definitely. that's the bottom line. It's what are my costs. And once you know what those indirect rates are, you can apply those to your direct cost to figure out what do I price an effort at in order to make a profit? How do I estimate that effort in order to manage it internally? How do I forecast that effort into the future to figure out what my revenues are going to be next month, next year, based on indirect rates? And the indirect rates themselves aren't difficult to uh, calculate but it does take a little time once a month to figure out where you are. And of course, whether you're a project manager or a controller, that's the ultimate question. Where am I? You that's know, what everybody wants to know. Very good point. It definitely is more than just that math exercise. It's a budgeting tool, a forecasting tool, helps with that bottom line. Um, you know, to, and it's funny, you made a good point. Um, before we jump, jump into what are indirect rates and why are they needed, but it is something that really shows the helps to determine the profitability of your contracts. It doesn't matter if it's a cost plus contract where you really see these requirements, but it, it can apply to fixed price and TNM as well. So, um, but you know, to start off in, for this this first uh, this first podcast of this series on indirect rates, you know, we were you know the goal was to talk about a little bit of why do GovCon firms need indirect rates? So do you want to just talk a moment about that of when you would need them, why you would need them, you know, what type of contracts they really affect? Sure. 
you know, a lot of smaller companies especially don't really get into calculating their rates and monitoring them and tracking them until they have a cost type contract. Because once they have a cost type contract, then they need those indirect rates to do their bills. So they need provisional billing rates, they develop indirect rates, and as they do so, they realize they should have been doing this all along because pricing, estimating, um, figuring out what your costs are, those things should have been forefront in their mind long before they got a cost type contract. And so they're sometimes playing catch up. And we didn't talk about the billing aspect, but in addition to estimating, forecasting, pricing, if you do have a cost type contract, or for that matter, even a T&M, if you're going to apply G&A to your non-labor cost, you need an approved indirect rate to do those bills. And of course, to get that indirect rate, you have to submit it to somebody and have them put a stamp of approval on it. If you're a DOD contractor, that could be DCAA. If you're a civilian agency contractor, it could be your cognizant lead contracting officer at the agency, uh, whether it's HHS or NIH or DOE or whoever it is, but somebody's going to have to put a stamp of approval on those rates and say, yeah, this looks like it's pretty good. You can bill this rate uh, for next year. And that's really uh, the next question after why do I need them is when do I need them? And of course, you're supposed to have those indirect rates for next year approved before the year starts. Almost nobody ever does. They're lucky if they have the budget developed by the end of the year, and then they try to get them through DCAA or the contracting officer or whoever's going to approve them in January in time to bill those the January cost. And some contractors end up billing last year's rates for the first month or two months or even three months sometimes of the new year before they can get those rates approved. Very true. And sometimes they don't even receive a response. So we see that a decent amount as well. You know, we used to send those rates to DCAA and wait weeks or months to hear back. Uh, most of my clients tell me now they submit the rates and if they're clear and concise and have some reasonable support for them, they're getting a response back in 48 hours, a week at the most. Yep. And nine times out of 10, DCA is saying, yeah, this looks pretty good. Yep. I used to routinely experience DCAA knocking a point or two off my GNA every time I submitted rates. And I haven't seen that in several years now. Yeah, we we haven't seen that much that as well with our clients. Um, and um, so, you know, as that starting point to develop the provisional rates, so typically beginning of the fiscal, before the beginning of the fiscal year, you're putting together your company budgets. And exactly. That's so, the starting point for rates is your budget. Should be the budgets. A lot of people will use actuals, which, um, which definitely should be a consideration. You should definitely look at your actuals today and be monitoring that, and that should be a, a tool of the calculation for provisionals, but that budget is a huge piece of developing the rates because it that's going to help with that forecasting piece of what you will be at that next you know in your future state in that upcoming year exactly you know it's funny i was talking to a controller just the other day and uh, i asked him how he stood with the budget against the budget he developed last year he said well, we really didn't do a budget last year we really just 
uh, took last year's actuals and submitted that as the provisional rates going forward. And I said, do you really want to repeat last year? <laughs> and he thought about it for a second. He said, you know, I don't. I really ought to put together a budget that reflects what I want next year to be, not what last year was. And that's really where you are. The indirect rates need to reflect what you want your budget to be next year, what you want to win, what you want to spend, uh, what investments you want to make in terms of indirect costs, whether it's training or equipment or whatever, and let that be your guide for your developing your indirect rates. Indirect rates themselves aren't particularly complicated. It's just a fraction. You take your indirect cost over the allocation base and you get a percentage and there's your indirect rate. But figuring out what those costs are, that's a little bit of a black art. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be done before you start your year, as we said, and then you submit them. But that's just the beginning of the rate cycle. Getting those rates approved for next year is just the first step. Then you actually have to do the work, make it happen. Very true. And then you get the monitoring piece, which we're going to save that for the next ser- the next podcast in this series. So, Rich, I really want to thank you for your time today, talking about you know just giving an overview of indirect rates and kind of a starting point for the provisional piece. And um, I look forward to talking to you about monitoring the rates in the next one. My pleasure, Eric. See you on the other side.